I'm Scott Blakeman, getting through this in Manhattan. And I'm Tom Saunders in the Pacific Palisades. Even our podcast audience of geniuses might not know that I'm planning to drive across the North American continent soon. Very soon. I've dreamed of this trip since I was a young lad. I'm leasing the car, and for reasons that will be revealed on a future podcast, this may be one of the last great trips I take in a Volvo with an internal combustion engine. Oh, what? I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And as loyal listeners certainly do know, I've been living alone with my cat for a year. Oh, it sounds grim on paper, but in reality, it's worse. I feel like I'm the one who is a caged animal. That's, that's when I'm not being the most friendly, patient, and attentive concierge of the most exclusive cat hotel in the world. My home is a luxury resort, really, with one guest and one guest only, who is always pampered, well-fed, and every time he wants to go in or outside onto one of our three decks available to our guest, well, I turn into Oliver's doorman, always with a friendly word. Well, that's going to end. Well, Tommy, if I didn't know better, I would have thought that you just described the plot of a small art film that garners rave reviews and word of mouth, and then is catapulted into contention. But in reality, it is your truth, Tommy, as well as the truth in general, a road trip, that quintessential American dream, often planned by many, but rarely executed. But you're not just planning a Volvo X60 trip from LA to New York City, you're actually doing it. My first thought is for you to get the Volvo people from Sweden on board to sponsor your journey by granting them the rights to photographic images and videos of you on the road. And then, since On the Road with Charles Kuralt was a long-running feature on the CBS Evening News, they simply must do and will do a, and finally, tonight's story about your personal odyssey that embodies the Charles Kuralt way of life, except that, unlike you, he apparently had a family on the road that his New York family knew about. Betty, I'm so ready to drive the Volvo that I've been, that, that I've actually been driving multiple times a day with no trip in mind and no reason to drive other than the lighting is beautiful and the traffic is light. Since I got that car, I'm frequently traversing wind, windy roads, but keeping to the speed limit since it's projected on my windshield along with my current speed. Often the winding roads go up the side of hills with steep drop-offs in, say, Malibu Canyon, and lately, a terrifying drive on Palos Verdes. Am I getting acrophobia? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It adds to the thrill. You see, I've been prepping and training for this big road trip. But then, my wife called, and she's coming back from India. Oh, what? Well, Tommy, your story was already a captivating and enchanting human interest one, especially suited to these times. But then, well, then comes that end of act one stunner, when just as you're finally leaving the home you've been confined to for over a year, your wife decides to return from India. Should it become a musical at this point or incorporate elements of Bollywood for mass appeal to her international audience? As usual, there are many more questions than answers. Gotti, I hear America calling. And I hear Pete Seeger singing. This land is your land, so drive a Volvo from California to the New York Island. 
You can go on YouTube, Scotty, and watch the latest Volvo commercial with Pete Seeger, the real Pete Seeger, singing a different song. And I believe it was filmed in France, and it was amazingly well cast and produced. And every time I see this commercial, I get startled, and I almost cry. I also bought a Volvo. Commercials never used to make me cry or get me to buy anything. And Scotty, I used to admire Charles Kuralt's life, too. <laughs> I guess I still do. He was a famous news guy who had the best beat, but he only covered folksy, friendly, rural American stories in a folksy, completely approving, though wry manner. He was a bit overweight, but he had a jovial attitude and a plum job. Wherever he went, he would surely have been admired by local yokels and regarded as an impressive celebrity. After all, in those days, the CBS Evening News was watched on a daily basis by more people than watched the Final Four basketball tournaments. At least, according to speculative statistics compiled by armchair data-gathering techniques. So, of course, Kuralt would, be, would attract certain ladies, and of course, he had two families. And it would have been awkward when both families learned about each other. Still... To be at home and feel at home everywhere and anywhere in America, well, it's something to that. But as fascinating and inspiring as his story is, I have decided not to follow in Kuralt's footsteps and have two families yet. Well, Tommy, at least you're following one set of footsteps, the non-dual family one that Kuralt uh, showed uh, on the road. And, and again, I love the fact, getting back to that, commercial and we had talked about an earlier episode for those of our listeners not familiar with it and i did not know that it was filmed in france but it, it does it have a european like feel to it where uh, yeah. so basically a, a family doing all kinds of family things getting ready and at the, the very end you don't even think it's a car commercial the volvo is starting to pull out of the driveway and it the, the alarm goes off and a truck zooms by so the pedestrian uh, avoidance alert system or vehicle alert system, whatever they call it, of Volvo, uh, goes into action and saves the family. And Tommy, I felt like buying a car, and I, I hardly ever drive after seeing that commercial. Isn't that amazing? That's the power of a commercial, Scotty, and it's a great one. We live in an age of great commercials, but we tend to uh, DVR past them. We tend to zip past them. But So uh, the advertising agencies have just been uh, really killing themselves coming up with with really well shot, well figured out, lots of money in these commercials. And this one was amazing. And also I love the fact, and we've said this before, that the, the people are very real looking. They don't, they're not glamorous people. They're just ha haggard, harried, and trying to get out on time. And the kids are running all around. And actually the car not only alarms, I think the car comes to a stop. In right, it's an automatic drive. braking system. Yeah, for, for vehicle avoidance and pedestrian avoidance. There's another commercial that shows up. Uh, a harried woman. It's harried sense of the theme. Uh, not that you picture harried people in Sweden, but maybe this is for international consumption. Uh, this woman driving and she's drinking her, gulping her coffee because she's tired and she looks down, I guess, to pick up the yeah. coffee. And then a young girl appears and thankfully the Volvo stops and the little girl looks at, I love the whole, it's, it's a film in itself. The young girl looks up at her and at first it's sort of like, uh, you kind of almost ran me over, but then immediately into a warm smile, like, I understand we're Swedish. Oh, you're a Volvo driver, so you're okay. Yeah, yeah. And again, the question looms, though. Yes, Volvo, I mean, has stepped in. And I know 
people against big government or big car companies say, no, 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 let the people make their own mistakes. They're going to run over people. It's their individual freedom. I don't agree with that. I think the car company should step in as Volvo doesn't stop the car literally. But I do think they should, they should go one step further and talk to this woman so this doesn't happen again. And, and, and if God forbid she, the, the Volvo's in the shop, which wouldn't happen, but she's using a, a loaner and it's not a Volvo, you don't want her doing that same coffee reach hmm. again. So I think this should be Volvo sponsored therapy for this woman. Get into the reasons why she's so tired. Maybe you know not to have coffee while you're driving and things like that. So that extends Volvo's uh, concern for our safety beyond the car itself, and actually to send out representatives. Here's how it would work, Scotty. Every Volvo should have a camera inside each Volvo yeah. monitoring our driving habits and relaying it back to Stockholm yeah, uh, so that in real time. Uh, and if, uh, if the driving habits, if we're looking away, yes, the Volvo will take care of you, but the, uh, a representative should contact the person. Maybe they don't have to fly out from, uh, uh, from Stockholm, but they, certainly they will, they will um, uh, activate the on, on uh, in-car uh, audio system to, admonish the, the woman to please don't look at your coffee and keep your eyes on the road and, and, uh, and, and do so in a respectful way. Oh, exactly. In a very your Swedish way. Yeah. No. And I think again, once again, I know some of our listeners or some people might be saying, Oh, that's, you know, it's come, that's big brother. That's all we need. 1984. They'll just throw out all those buzzwords and tell me, I welcome big brother. I welcome uh, Stockholm headquarters that they're monitoring every driver. They see us. And if we do something that's not safe, they should speak up. I, I, I welcome that. Yeah. Uh, uh, some people, though, they, they think that that is sort of the nanny state kind of a thing. No, it isn't. It's, it's uh, also, here's another thing. And this, is, this will really get the, uh, the hackles, a lot of people's hackles up. And I don't want to. I want people's hackles to stay down. I do. Yeah. Or not have them at all. I, 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 as far as I'm concerned, I don't see the point of hackles at all. I agree. Yeah. But 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 and but for, certainly I don't want them up. Let's keep the hackles down, as I say this. So anybody listening? But I think maybe maybe it's time we have a conversation about should there be a special lane for just Volvos? In <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I you know, and I I think that uh, you know all, all free. I'm not I'm not talking about some freeways. You know that would be unfair. But all and all freeways would have a Volvo lane. Yeah. Uh, for, for well, I think in what would happen is, first of all, Volvo's earned it, and then you'd get intense competition from the other car makers to make their cars just as safe. So I think it would be a great incentive. And, uh, you know, maybe they could alternate or... Uh, but yeah, I think certain cars, maybe not just Volvo's, but certain cars that meet these safety standards should be allowed the privilege of being in this diamond lane. Uh, I think that's a great incentive for safe cars. I would say make it a different from a diamond lane because that's already there and that's for people. yeah we would not we wouldn't call that no. like a special like a, a onyx lane uh, is, yeah isn't onyx a pretty valuable stone I'm not good with these precious stones is onyx precious or something no I think onyx would be very expensive and I think with the one they have on QVC is the cheap one I can't think of what oh, that okay definitely not a QVC lane but you you call it and, and it would have a, a, a something that looked like an onyx you know a, a, you know, painted on the on the road itself, and and it would just be. And I think at first it's just Volvo uh, uh, 
drivers, but then, yeah, you're right. Any other car that's really insane. And we just, and you know what? The other thing about us is that we are safe. Scotty, you look out through that uh, windshield and it is this, this heads up display of the uh, speedometer. And if you're a guy like me, Scotty, you don't want to be pulled over by the cops and told that you've been driving too fast. Some people, you know, that's you and that's me also, but there are people who weirdly enjoy that. It's like an adrenaline rush. Oh, here's the cops that pulling me over and they enjoy that. I, I don't see the, the appeal of it at all. No, I don't. I, 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 uh, uh, I, I don't get that. Um, that whole thing of, uh, well, officer, I was, tr- you know, trying to, uh, uh, you know, getting a ticket and, oh, now I've got to go down to, to traffic school and, and, you know, some people enjoy traffic school and they yeah. get the kick out of, uh, you know, uh, for many years, there was always traffic comedy school. I right. The improv or something that had it. Yeah. I, I always thought that was, I remember that. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I just now remember that there was a time when if you got caught in every place called itself a traffic comedy school, eventually they always, at first it was just, there was the improv came up with this brilliant idea because for people living uh, uh, who are listening to this a thousand years from now, this is uh, you're listening to a podcast that w- that has is being produced at a time when there are still no robo cars. We have to drive our own cars, and we're humans, and we make mistakes, and we drive too fast, we crash into things. So there's this thing called, you know, people would get arrested for driving badly, and they would have to go not arrested, but they would be pulled over, and they'd have to get cited, and then it would have to go to this thing called traffic school. And you'd spend the whole day in traffic school learning about safe driving techniques. The whole day. But they came up with the idea of comedians doing it because, you know, comedians are fun. And why should traffic school be boring? And, of course, they weren't really that funny, Scotty. That's the problem. But nobody said anything about it. Nobody. No, they were just thankful just to get that and get it over with. And so, but I I, I have... um... Never been uh, pulled over. Again, I've driven so rarely that it would be the odds of that. Uh, but I uh, no, And I think that uh, I just love your your can do attitude very much out of the 1950s, 1960s car ad. Really just that, you know, the breeze and, and the, you know, uh, just that whole feeling of the road is yours. And yeah. as Miss Dinah Shore singing, see the USA in your Chevrolet. And that's what you're doing in a Volvo. Yeah. Seeing the USA. Well, it really is. Only I'm seeing it in a, in, a, in a Swedish car. And I do wish that America made a car that I could feel excited, as excited about and as safe to drive in. Yeah. Volvo, that it would uh, stay in one piece. And and, uh, and and maybe there is. And I just don't know about it. But but the, uh, um, but yes, you're right, Scotty. It is, it is that open road feeling. I don't know if you remember when you used to read textbooks. I used to. Uh, uh, in, in grade school. And there'd be, um, I remember a textbook about a family that took a trip across America and they would stop in Arizona and there'd be, or New Mexico, and there'd be Indian, you know, Native Americans and their actual, and they would do all these adventures that had to do with the local areas, the South. And, you know, I mean, probably it was politically incorrect, some of their adventures, but I loved it. 
I love the yeah. idea of driving over hill and dale. And you know, people talk about hills, but what about the dales? Yeah, you don't. I don't think they make them. That they, they sort of got chiseled down or something. Yeah. I'm not really sure. Well. You never say, "Oh yeah, it's uh, over that dale." I don't, yeah. Nobody would know where it was. But uh, Tommy, I'm wondering. Was before show... we leave the pre- subject of dale, are there yeah. dangerous dales? Like, hey, hey, avoid that. The hill is great, but just avoid that dale. There are a lot of bad. Well, people. yeah, they the seem to lump them together, but the dale could be a problem. Well, you know what? Uh, I feel like a dale dweller would be a bad person, but who's to say? What do we know? Yeah, it could have been a very bucolic, lovely thing. And uh, no, but what you talked about this road trip and, and stopping. Was there ever a television show that? Um, now, Route 66 was really that, but it seems like that would be a great I, episodic I show. All of them. I, I got, yeah. I, I, I ordered that. I have all the Route 66. There's a, that was actually a sort of a weirdly vague proto gay show, too. It was two guys who. Oh, that buddy. Was that uh, uh, Marty Milner? Uh, Marty Milner and some other guy. George. Is that George uh, uh, Maharis or Chikaris? Yeah, maybe it was. Maharis. Um, yeah, but there was another one I saw recently that. Um, had that, but I'm wondering because that would be a great premise for a show where you're just the whole season you're just taking a road trip across America and stopping in this southern town or this thing and they and the you know the antics that ensue. It seems like that hasn't been done yet. It seems very basic, but it would be a, right. a big hit, especially now coming out of the pandemic, the open road, people exploring, traveling once again. It could be a big bo, as they say, and that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, uh, we'll see what happens uh, on this road trip, and certainly I will be checking in uh, to the podcast once we begin. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal, and because I've never driven that far on my own, and uh, I, but I've heard that that's actually a really great. It is sort of the on the road kind of mentality. Yeah. Because then you wind up getting involved with people uh, theoretically, and I've spoken to somebody who de- who prefers. To tra- a young woman who prefers to travel alone, she says it's, it can be very lonely. It's the most lonely thing. But you you get to know people more. You get to be more involved. You 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 talk to people more than you would. Yeah. Really. And you get to learn more about wherever you're going. So, uh, uh, well, I picked that up even in my just travels, just uh, doing comedy, not not road trips, but just going to Omaha or uh, or St. George, Utah, all these places. You're sitting alone, you know, New York and Manhattan. Generally, people don't go, hey, you're sitting alone. Most people are alone in Manhattan. They're sitting there and that's their routine. You don't go, hmm, that's a little unusual. That fellow in the back sitting all by himself. No, that's what most people do. But when you're in other towns, like, say, uh, and I would always say, well, I'm visiting from so-and-so. Oh, well. And, and then you hey, start a conversation. in town. Who's the loner? Yeah. People checking you out and whispering to each other while they keep an eye on you. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't happen in New York uh, at all, ever. No, no, and actually they can do recognize you. In fact, I was in Minneapolis, and it was beyond freezing, and the waitress, very lovely, um, said, oh, so where are you from? And I, I told her, I said, what made you think I wasn't from here? And she said, well, I could see you weren't wearing as heavy a winter coat as we do. Oh, interesting. And the reason why I didn't was because I was then going to a warmer climate after that. I didn't want to bring a gigantic heavy winter coat. So I did bring one probably less than I would have worn normally, but just to balance it out. But she, but she but spotted me out of a you know, lineup. You know what, what it sounds like what where that story is headed is that inspired by her insight into your uh, the fact that you were an out of towner, 
she becomes the most famous detective in Minnesota, like mm-hmm. by far. Well, the waitress detective. The waitress detective. The yeah. waitress, she, she, you know, you say, you know what? You could be a, a really great detective. And she's, no, no, I'm really, I'm a waitress. I enjoy being a waitress. You know, I don't, I, I don't know anything about a detecting. And you say, wait a minute. How did you figure out that I was from out of town? You figured it out because of my clothing. That's how you catch murderers. Yeah, that's what a detective does. That's what a detective does. So, Scotty, in a way, you may have changed her. I mean, I'm not saying that's what she did subsequently. I'm not saying she didn't do that. But I'm just saying it's very probable that you gave a person a new direction in their life. And she, and very probably, she may have solved a lot of cold cases in subsequent. I, I assume it <laughs> happened years ago. Uh, well, this was, uh, uh, you know, I believe, you know, so hard to know. Like last year, almost as a year, you, everything now is hard to calculate yeah, because yeah. last year there was nothing. You would never say, yeah. "Oh yeah, last year I went." No, there was nothing. So uh, I would say it was about three years ago in, in January, and it was quite chilly. But I, yeah, so perhaps by now her detective now career probably... has gotten going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. By now, she has probably cracking a case that has been cold. You talk about cold in, in Minnesota. Well, yeah. Some of these cases can get pretty cold, too. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. probably goes back, the, the case probably goes back 40 years, but it was a, a, an act of great injustice and, and resulted in... in, in uh, uh, and maybe it was even a, a, wait, a missing waitress. A ma- uh, in, and this one hits close to home close for, close to her. To home. Yeah. Solves a miss- you know, the one person who's like, she was just like she was, only she wasn't so fortunate. So yeah. what happened to her? Where did she go? Who and who, who was the mysterious man in, in a red coat? You know, things like that. I'm, I'm right. He was just like you say, the police dropped it, but she never did. And so it's but Tommy, this again, I feel like we're on a theme of just, you know, grading tr- treatments for great shows. Yeah. The detective waitress. And she you know, and she doesn't leave her job. She's still a waitress. Oh, yeah. Because it's the perfect cover. Yeah. Uh, nobody suspects a, a waitress of being a, a detective. No, no. And she's always kind of on the lookout. Yeah, and she's guys, here, you know. listening to, you know, yeah. like a modern Nancy Drew, but she's a waitress. Yeah. And, 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 and listening, you know, overhearing conversation. And Scotty, you started that. That's the crazy thing about it. You, 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 it's all because of you. Now, the question is, do you go back to Minnesota and sort of ask around, like, who's the greatest female detective? And, and then you might get people like saying, well, what do you mean female detective? She's the greatest detective, period, male or female. And there's no. Right. Reason. Right. Well, what I thought of doing is going back to the restaurant. I remember where it was. It was in a, a mall uh, where the hotel was. And it was one of these big, you know, comically crowded, big buzzing bar restaurants. And, you know, and I, it was just exciting, though, being there. And I don't talk to waitresses generally a lot, although. Uh, I have one. I'm out of town. I remember having a lovely conversation with you, Tommy, way back when you were living in maybe old Pas- in uh, old Pasadena or, 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 you know, Pasadena. And we were on Colorado in old Pasadena. And there was a waitress there who wanted to be an actress, was an actress. And she saw I was from New York. And we but I think when you're in your own burg, as they say, at least for me, I'm more shy. But when you're on the road, which you'll be doing very soon, Tommy, I think it opens us up in That's general. Right. Because you can make a fool out of yourself in one town <laughs> and then move on down the road. And they heard of you. Yeah, they, they can't get you. Yeah, Your shenanigans and, 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 and your embarrassing uh, misspeakings. And uh, uh, I mean, all, all the, 
the 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 wacky doings that well kind of didn't turn out so great you just keep moving on scotty yeah that, yeah that means you're you're you can say whatever you want you can be you can reinvent yourself in every new town exactly and and again if i did that at a local diner let's say and then someone took it the wrong way well can never go back there again so you're knocking out a, a local eatery but when you're on the road as you say you just keep on uh, yeah you keep, keep on, on keeping and and and, and then Three years later, you can go back to that diner, and and maybe they'll maybe they won't even recognize you, and they'll have new people working there, and you'll say, "Hey, you hear about a guy who came by and he turned a woman into a detective, and she solved many crimes." That was me, you know. Wow. And, and, and then the place—that's a golden stopped. moment, Scotty. Oh yeah, well, I can't wait for that. Tommy, I, I was funny that you said reinvent because I've been thinking of that expression earlier today, and you know, it's used a lot. Madonna, you know, reinvent yourself. That would assume, I guess, some religious, we get a lot of Harvard Divinity people listening. Uh, that would assume that we were invented. To, now, would it, but did God invent us? Yeah, or did we, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. And also, are you reinventing or just exactly. inventing? So, you know, because so, you don't, uh, when you invent something, it's, it's, you invent it. And if you go back to it, I don't know if you're reinventing it. So, why don't we just say, we'll, Go on and go on the road and invent ourselves. Invent ourselves, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, invent a new version of ourselves. Yeah. Because you're right, reinventing ourselves. And Scotty, here's it, it, this is sort of um, you know, I mean, people who are when you're in a conversation, let's say, in a dinner party, somebody might say, make the mistake of saying, "Well, I'm, I, I, I've sort of reinvented myself." At which point, now you're now you, you know, knowing what you know, knowing what you just told me, would you say to that person, uh, "Excuse me, how could you reinvent yourself? Were you invented in the first place?" <laughs> and and then and then you know everybody sort of gets quiet and they look at the guy to see what is he what is they going to say? And then the guy goes like, "Well, I, I, I mean, it's just an expression. I mean, let's." And and then you go, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! No, it's not just an expression." It's it's more words. Words matter. Words matter. Yeah. Words matter. Uh, yeah. How about just saying you're inventing yourself a, a new version of yourself? Just say that. Yeah. And, and, and he may say, well, those are some extra syllables. And obviously we're against extra syllables. We are, but also we are. We're in favor of just saying the accurate thing. And if you've never been invented, you can't reinvent yourself. That's right. Exactly. But I, so that's I, our point. I, I, but once you have reinvented yourself, then you can't. So. Right. I go, yes. Let's say I stop off in Phoenix and I and, and, and I've reinvented myself. I've invented my a new version of myself from how I was in L.A. I'm I'm Professor Higginbottom <laughs> and, and, and I'm uh, I, I'm in search of of um, uh, of, of a uh, I can't even think of what would I be in search of if I'm Professor Higginbottom? Uh. I well, research, think. discovering an ancient fossil of some... Yeah, ancient fossil, right? Okay. Yeah, so geolo geology. Yeah, I'm looking... Well, yeah, actually, we're... you would be the co-inventor of me. So it, I, I couldn't yeah. just say I'm a... I'm, uh, uh, you, it, we, it, sometimes it takes a village to invent a person, but we'll... So you'd have to say, yeah, I'm, I just... With the help of Scott Blake... With the help of Scott Blake. Uh, yeah, that's all, that's all you're... Yeah, I co-reinvented myself. I co-reinvented... <laughs> Well, first I'm inventing myself. Then I go on to Albuquerque. I drive on to Albuquerque. First of all, I, I, 
I, I'm, you know, I'm all over uh, Phoenix as Professor Higginbottom looking for what was I looking for? Some kind of well, it's a you know, it's a fossil. rare fossil. Uh, but, but you, you know, know, and I'm bragging about you know, and people are buying me drinks, and everybody wants to be my friend because who wouldn't want yeah. to be a friendly place, Phoenix, friend very of, of a professor who's looking for fossils? Uh, you know, okay, but I, it's, it's all made up. I invented that. Well, we both did. You and I, we heard it in real time. Yeah. Invented that. Okay, now I move on. I'm I'm done with. Pro- I move on to uh, Albuquerque. I drive there. It's about a few hundred miles and, and um, in, in a totally different state. And now I'm Pierre Lavoux, <laughs> the, uh, 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 a, 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 a man of, of, um, a man of, 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 of much. Um, well, mystery, mystery, of course. Of course. But, but, you know, it needs more than that. A mystery and, and, uh, well, just say you're from France, well, and that's France, all the mystery you need. I'm from France, Pierre Laveau from France. It's got to be more than that, Scotty. Uh, uh, um, mystery, yeah, you know, of course, but but uh, perhaps I'm a well, perhaps I'm a doctor, Doctor Laveau, right? And you're working on a rare something to to you know eradicate something. Yeah, and I'm trying to eradicate something. I don't know what yet. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm, well, you know what you know what eradicates if you haven't figured out what it eradicates. Right, I have so. the thing that eradicates something, but I don't know what it eradicates yet. Now, everybody's going to want to be my friend. Everybody's oh, yeah. going to want to buy me dinner. They're going to want to buy me drinks. They want to talk to me about what I'm eradicating. Everybody's going to say, "I know what you're going. You should eradicate." They're you know give me suggestions and so on. Yeah, right. and then they want to get on a list. You know, hey, well, you got the vaccine for whatever you're eradicating. Could I be first? Yeah, on right, right, right. They'll be like, and they'll slip you a twenty or whatever it is. <laughs> they're and... gonna pal up with me. They're gonna do whatever yeah. they can to get on that list. Which, by yeah. way, I, I, I haven't even compiled a list. I'm, I'm just, yeah. I haven't even said anything about a list. But no, no. But they'll, they'll be there. And but then, then I always point to this one person. It's very lovely. I believe waitress or maybe manager of this restaurant you're in. She's in the back, laying back. She says, "Yeah, all these people want something from you." Yeah, I guess you're different, right? <laughs> I just see people as people. I'm not looking for anything. Wow. But then, and then, you know. And, and, uh, and that, that kind of, like, my whole patter, I just like, wow, I don't know what to say. That, that hit me from a different, like, I might even, whoa, wasn't ready for that one. Yeah. And I'm like, well, well hey, you know, and everybody's behind me, and they're cheering, and they're singing songs, you know. He's going <laughs> to eradicate something, but we do not yet know. Yeah. but she's just stands like she knows she's wise yeah. just like that detective waitress yeah she knows all and uh, she's like the detective waitress of albuquerque and she's like yeah. you know but she and by the way she she hasn't heard anything about what's going on in phoenix she doesn't know anything about it she just figures it out that yeah. i yeah. and in this case scotty in this case i did reinvent myself exactly no you look in phoenix now yeah, you live up to the expression completely. Yeah, yes. I lived up to the expression. And uh, it's just so exciting. I, I would love to go on that road trip. Now, here's something I don't want to be a downer about. And this is something I never would have thought of years ago, because you want to go to the, the smallest of towns and the yeah. most unlikeliest of places. Now, though, there is this whole red state, blue state, yeah. the goons. Is someone going to mock you for wearing a mask? Yeah. Is there that? And somebody going to be going, yeah, that Fauci is a real idiot. And you have to hold yourself back. I hope that's not the case. I hope that there's plenty of places in these red states that are still, as we describe them, just with detective waitresses who are lovely. And <laughs> Well, that's yeah. the thing is that there's going to be lots. We can just assume there'll be lots of detective waitresses because you, when you turn that one 
waitress, she's going to, you know, people, other waitresses will hear about it. And they're like, I want to be a detective waitress too. It sounds like fun. Sounds exciting. You can yeah. much assume almost any waitress at, at this point is going to be at least aspiring to be not necessarily a good uh, detective like the first one was. She was just natural. Yeah. She was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they really, as you said, it is a natural to just be away because you go come back to every table and people don't stop talking. No. Uh, even people who are planning heists, probably they don't. Yeah, it's just a waitress, you know, yeah, yeah. pick it up and uh, yeah, let me anyway. So then we can open up the vault, you know, and they just pick it up and, and uh, they're privy to all this information. Oh, and a lot of times they'll plan the heist, you know, you, you know, drawing it, uh, drawing a little map of the bank or whatever they're heisting. Uh, yeah. on a napkin which they forget at the restaurant then yeah yeah the one thing the waitress did you throw away did you throw away a napkin that has some drawings yeah. on it and the waitress because she she, she has the she has the napkin she took a picture of it yeah that that's yeah. what's going to happen when well, they'll say the one thing that tripped them up they thought of everything except one thing <laughs> that napkin the napkin and, so, and the waitress yeah. The napkin and the waitress could be the name of the episode or, or, or an entire book. Scott. Or a, a, it's translated from uh, French, I believe. <laughs> but uh, and it's just turned into a hit film. Uh, but you know, Tommy, this has been uh, talking about a journey oh we've created. I mean, I really feel like getting and I seriously as someone who has shunned vehicles, even though yeah. <clears throat> as our listeners know, I love cars and I love car ads. and I love talking about cars. I started I look at lease leasing terms on commercials more than ever now and yeah. and it's a very appealing no it, i think it's, it's a pandemic thing it's after being in a pandemic i'm just i've never felt this way about a car in my life <laughs> I've, I've i've never felt this way about driving like in, in my life it's it's some pandemic crazy thing that's happening well it's a it's a healthy thing and i really do think volvo should uh, you know have some then of course then you wouldn't be alone they'd be in the back seat Maybe they'll give you photographic equipment and video, and you and through the podcast, of course, you'll be chronicling it in real time to all of our li listeners too. But it's uh, yeah. it seems like something you'll want to document. Oh, indeed, it is, Scotty. It, indeed, it is. As you did so beautifully today on the pre-road trip. On the pre-road trip, yeah, yeah. Very, very, Scotty. And I, I love the, the the whole. The, the, I mean, I I personally think that is. A, an inspiring story about how uh, you you uh, inspired a, a waitress, and not just one waitress, but many, many, many waitresses to become waitress detectives. Well, I hope it's, a, and if I open up this new field, I'm very grateful to play a small part. It's humbling too, don't forget. Oh, very, you're humbled and and, uh, and grounded by, by knowing that. And uh, so, uh, well, Tommy, uh, uh, very exciting and um, uh, without a vehicle, but I still remain Sincerely yours, Scott Blake. I'm always going to be Tom Saunders and we'll get